Good morning and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece. As always, I am here with the fabulous Samantha Tredelius and the amazing Jennifer Tavani. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. I love that intro. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I um I'm I'm feeling very energized today. So we're gonna we're gonna go on the high energy version of this podcast today. So I hope you guys are ready. <laughs> Put on your seatbelts. Hang on. Right. Um, so we have talked to uh, over the months a lot of a lot of business women who how did they handle COVID? How did they handle change? Uh, we have with us today somebody that made a significant change, but not necessarily because of COVID. So uh, kind of going back to back to old school pre-COVID stuff. Uh, but we have Michelle Urban, a freelance marketer extraordinaire. So Michelle, you did work in high tech. You worked in the big companies. You worked in the fast and furious job. And then somewhere along the way, you got the balls to go, yeah, I'm out and I'm going to go do my own thing. So did, where did yeah. you, um, where did that confidence come from to walk away uh, from the, the, the comfort of having that full-time job to go, yeah, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough and God damn it, people like me or whatever Stuart Small used to say, like you, you have, you got it. Uh, how'd you do it? Yeah, I think the confidence is a good thing to bring up because I surely did not have it. And um, I think this was probably one of the part of the reasons why I had a hard time doing it. And I was, I've been in the t Silicon Valley tech scene um, for about 13 years now. And I was in the heart of startup and startup life. And I took a new job that I thought was going to like be the magic wand, right? We always are looking for like, oh, if it just, if I just had a good boss or if I just had, you know, the flexibility to work from home, obviously pre-, pre I'm sure that nobody works for me says, if I just had a good boss, because <laughs> they do over. <laughs> I don't, right don't we all? And, okay. you know, so I took this job thinking like this was going to be the thing and it just, it just wasn't. And I just came to realize I was burnt out and- like, that's a thing, people, like, that is a thing. And I think it's, you know, I had a two-year-old at home and a four-year-old, and I probably still had some postpartum in me that I wasn't recognizing because other parts of my life were still really good. And I was barely seeing my kids, maybe two hours in the morning and two hours in the evening. And if you have kids, you know, that's like the witching hour. So no one was seeing me at my best. And it becomes you know, <laughs> yeah it was just like every day like turning the knob to leave for the office and I was just like Ugh. and one day I was like I don't want to do this like here we go I had the kid I just remember this day so vividly I even remember what I was wearing and my husband who's like who's like the total opposite of me like he's very he's a civil engineer so he's very like you know by the books and doesn't really fly by the seat of his pants and he was like, you know, you don't have to. And it was like this light bulb moment. I think burnout, especially for women, I think burnout is a little bit like toilet paper on the shoe. Like if you have it, you, you just walk around with it and you don't know that it's there. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, I think we can say this like for a lot, like postpartum or depression or anything, right? We just like, we, we just kind of like justify these things, right? Like, well, oh, burnout, burnout becomes the norm. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, putting on the shoe is just failure. part of your outfit after a while. Ugh. And, you know, my husband was like, and I, you know, he's like, we, you know, we're adults. He's like, you're a career woman and, you know, you've saved that for that, you know, slush fund of, oh, you like have your reserve in case anything happens. And he's like, isn't this when something happens? And it was, again, like this light bulb moment. And I went, and I think like the caveat too is like, I was only at this job for five months. So we have, we also have this thing in our mind that like, oh, we have to be there for five years or three years, or sometimes in the tech, the tech startup world, it's only a year and you can move on. But I was five months. But right? tech, tech startup world is in dog years. So five months, that's, that's like <laughs> yeah. eight that's years in years. any other job. So I also had that, right? That it was like, oh, like I can't see something through or I can't make it a year. And, you know, it also became like, you know, insides me, like, you know, talking to myself, got the good angel and, and the devil. But I went in that day and I was like, I quit. And I think my boss was like, oh, where are you going? And I was like, nowhere. nowhere. Like, Whoa, I'm doing me now. Yeah. So Ooh, empowering. I'm going nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all wish we could say that? I'm going I nowhere. And I win the lottery before I can say that, but I'm working on that too. Yeah. 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 You got to play because uh, you never know. And I, when I quit, I didn't even think about freelancing. I, because I've been in this tech world and gone to, you know, job to job, I just thought, okay, I'm just going to take a couple months off and then find this other cool company. So freelancing never crossed my mind. And I don't know, you know, it's fun for like a month to like, you know, do whatever, do the yoga class at noon that you're always like, how do people get to go to class? Right. And I was like, finally, be like. Time. and then you do it and you're like, I don't want to do yoga at noon. Well, you I, go, I yeah. don't ever want to do yoga. Ever. You go to the mall at noon and you're like, oh my God, there's like all these women that, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's right. Not, and I was like, I could, be, I could be one of them. But they got boring really fast and I still didn't even think about freelancing. And um, a friend of mine who is a VC and he's an, an investor, he said, hey, I have this um, company that I just invested with and they need marketing. Do you think that you could have, you know, maybe 20 hours this month to help them kickstart some campaigns? And I was like, huh, that sounds like fun. And again, like not correlating anything. And then word of mouth started happening. And then I started taking on only projects that I liked, only companies that I liked, setting my own boundaries. And the next thing you know, I was like, oh yeah, I'm a freelancer. So um, the first, I don't know, the first six months was really fun. The next three months was a little chaotic. And then it was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, how do I do it? Like, how do I make this happen? And yeah, so I just kind of got the ball rolling and started treating this like a business as it is. And here we are. I love, um, I love your story. And I love, I've known you for a long time, like preferably. Mm -hmm. And I watched you and I, you had posted something uh, on an article on LinkedIn and we'll put this in our summary, but it was just these key moments of like, I, I kind of used it as like a checkbox for like any woman in business or anyone in business really. And one of the things that we really um, were discussing before about knowing your worth 
and how important that is as a dialogue um, because so many of us do not know our worth or aren't willing to exploit that outside out I think we may we may know our worth but we, we're afraid to charge our worth right like women yeah. are we've talked to a lot of business women over the years who uh, one of the biggest things they struggle with is how do I raise my rates how do I, yeah. I, I need to raise my rates they've been this way for five years or whatever it is and so some of it is we know our worth but as women we are afraid to charge oh what if they won't pay or that seems very it seems excessive like um, I thought that the was a confidence. Really you, yeah, there you go. Like it, it really the confidence to go article. for it. So where do you, how do you decide as a freelancer, how do you decide what that worth is? So I took my current salary that I was making at this job, which was, you know, pretty nice. And then I was like, okay, what do I need just to maintain that? And what a lot of freelancers don't, new freelancers don't take into consideration is that like, you have holidays and you have sick days and like you're going to be 100% billable. So you also have to factor in that. So I just took this number and then I worked backwards. And then I also had like, okay, what's, what's my stretch goal, right? What would be 20% more that I'd be like, oh, baby gets a new pair of shoes if I hit this. And then what would be that number that um, would be okay, right? Like, hey, we could still make this work as a family and I could still keep my lights on and just work backwards. I actually wrote it out on paper and had like a quarterly report of saying like, okay, this is how many clients I would have to take on. These are how many projects, you know, or hours that I would work on the, the month. And I really had to just articulate all that down on, on paper, really, because if you don't see it, like it never happens, right? And or you can justify things in your head, like, oh, well, just next month, I'll like double down. And then that never happens. So you really have to be organized and detailed and, and track those projections. And that's a business, right? And so a lot of freelancers are good at their craft. I'm good at marketing. Um, if you're a freelance photographer, you're good at photography you might not be good at business so it's understanding the financial aspect of it as well because there's also this thing called taxes right like freelancers like oh i have to give 30 percent away of this yeah. like or, or or if you if you accept the fact that you're not good at the business side you find those support people that you can bring in to help you with that piece i think that's a lot of uh, a, a lot of independent contractors freelancers forget that piece and uh sometimes you do need maybe you maybe you hire an hourly bookkeeper to you know manage that side of it because there's a lot of them that are not they're not solid in that world yeah and it's okay to outsource i mean this is one of the yeah. things that i wrote in my article like just outsource and again like if you're new to freelancing or new to business that seems like a cost right when you're trying to save and you know build up your bank account that sometimes it's daunting because you're like, ah, like that kind of like puts me behind. So if you, you know, money in, money out, get that down on paper. So you're like, okay, what am I not good at? Like I would like, I'm not good at sales. So like I have someone help me fill the, fill the pipe, you know? Um, so just you have to add that. those costs in there too, right? Like you, when you're writing it all down in paper, you're taking, okay, I'm not good at this piece. So I'm going to add, this salary or whatever you're going to pay the person to do yeah. that, you add that in your costs and then you make sure you charge that much more so that you can afford 
the support people you need. Exactly. And I, you know, when we were saying, you know, your net worth, I had a friend text me yesterday and she said, Hey, I'm, I'm up for this new promotion at work, but they want to charge me this. And it was a company that's based in the Midwest. Right. And so what they, and she's a Bay area woman and she's like, I just can't do it. She's like, but I don't want to cause conflict. And I was like, well, you have to keep the lights on. <laughs> so why are, would you be afraid to have conflict when you are a businesswoman, right? You're a career woman and you have kids and a husband, right? And you're, and you're 45 and you're established in your career. I don't know um, that a man would feel uncomfortable saying I'm not going to accept that because, but a woman, like, it's so weird, like how we don't ask for, yeah. for that. One of the things I find fascinating too is like Fleece and I are both in a commission-based world where we sell, we get paid based off what we sell. Jen and Michelle, you guys really set your own rates for things. And so I always find it interesting when you have people that provide services, like how do you determine what to charge? And like, do you look at like what other people in your industry are charging versus like what you need to make? Like, how is that number determined? I do a little bit of both. I also do it on... Um, how experienced I am with the project. If someone wants me exactly. to write an email nurture series, I could do that in my sleep, right? I mean, it's kind of formula. Um, and so that I could probably, or craft tweets for them. Um, I could probably charge a little less because my time, I don't have to research. I don't have to do any type of discovery. Um, whereas someone is like, hey, build me a content marketing uh, strategy. I'm like, okay, well, like, you know, this is going to take discovery. I'm going to have to talk to everyone in your company. I'm going to have to research how your competitors are writing, what they're not writing. I have to do keyword, you know, SEO analysis. And then, you know, I, it, that's, that's more strategic. So I have to charge more. So um, it can be all over the place. This is why I kind of, I only work in project base so I can kind of lump everything together so like the highs and the lows just come out and so it this one deliverable it just seems like a big project yeah you have to you know count in all of your pieces your education your you know uh time spent your materials that go out the the and for you I would imagine it's a lot of time in doing all the research and the yeah the background on each company that you're trying to market um but yeah, it's, it's so fascinating how all the different businesses uh, decide what they're worth. Um, and, and people often, I'm sure, like in your business, uh, mine is the same way, where sometimes people question that. And then you have to justify what you're worth. And some people will say, you know, that's not worth it to me. And okay. Yeah, that's, you do not that's, need to justify what you're worth. Never, this is, this never is do you I, have to justify it, what you're worth. But they that's don't want to pay it. It's fine. But that's what I'm worth. What you're worth. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like you, you know, when people start questioning all each item, they're obviously not in your league and the type of uh, client that you want for your business. So then you can, you know, suggest that they go somewhere else. Yeah, I think that's a confidence part too. Is really kind of having your. Um, mantra that you say to people like, Hey, I've been in this business a really long time. If you feel uncomfortable with my hourly rate, I can possibly help you source someone else. But yeah, like I've learned, like, don't explain. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, 
don't explain. Like, this is your business. Um, A lot of business women about, you know, tell them this is my rate and then stop talking. You don't need to justify it. You don't need to go down the road. You know, just this is what I charge and then stop and let them respond, right? Because it... we tend to we tend to want to explain we we, we do want to justify yeah well I you know I've been doing this for a long time and you know I have this experience they called you because they know you've been doing it for a long time and you have this experience that's why they called you yeah. so we don't we don't really need to explain it but I, I want to go back to your comment that you said that you're you're not good at sales which by the way everybody likes to say that and we're all good at sales in some <laughs> capacity we are all good at sales especially if you end up in a position you're in. But in that article that Samantha referenced, the uh, so you want to become a freelance marketer article, which by the way, I think you could take that to say, so you want to become a freelance. Anything, like, anything. Business owner, exactly. Anything. I've had a lot Everybody of people. Everybody should read this because it doesn't matter whether you're a marketer or a loan officer or insurance or, or hairstyle. Like it, it, it applies to anybody. Okay. But one of the things that you talked about, which was so near and dear to my heart, and I literally just had this conversation yesterday with a man that wants to break into the mortgage sales industry and doesn't know how, um, you had said, use your network. And I am a big, I've said this 80 million times, people get tired of it. You need to, when you're starting out, you need to tell, actually forever, you need to tell all your friends and family what you do for a living and ask them to refer you because there is nobody in the, on the planet that loves you more than your friends and family, and they want to see you succeed. Totally. So you quit your job, and you go out on your own, and like, okay, I, I do, uh, I sell mortgages. I, I do mortgage loans. So there's a lot of people in my network that either own a home, want to buy a home, know people that own homes. So it's an it's a, it's a easier referral. Like, I, I don't know a lot of high-tech marketing people that 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 would like that doesn't come up in conversation daily for me so how did that work with you when you did start by using your network so the marketing uh the startup world is really small everyone knows each other some investors also invested in this company some marketers also worked at this company and uh the marketing peer circle is really lovely and just really nice people and um, we're all kind of in the same boat, right? We're all creators. And so for, for me, it's like, okay, who are these people that could, that I want to support that also would support me. And it's also just about being nice, right? I mean, like so many times you leave a job angry or, um, you know, someone pisses you off and it's an ego thing. And it's just, burn no bridges ever yeah. because they, I, the world is cyclical it'll all come back it'll always come back and bite you person. Person. yeah it really especially when you're in like a small like a, you know a tight circle right small circle like you know tech um startup so yeah it's just it's so simple right just like be kind and don't be, be nice. an asshole yeah be it. helpful <laughs> Yeah. And don't get lazy as well. You know, I mean, like sometimes you have to extend yourself and you might not want to, but yeah, you just, you, you have to insert yourself. And that doesn't mean that you have to be super social. I'm like the least social person ever. Like if one thing COVID has taught me, it's like, 
I really like being at home. Like, <laughs> really, really like it. And um, yes, yeah, so you don't necessarily have to be social, right? You don't have to be going to all these meetups and, you know, attending all these online events. Yeah, there's other ways to do it. We, um, I have a very tight circle of freelancers and, and friends that we all connect on Twitter. Like Twitter is kind of my thing. And it's just like really lovely. Like if I have a question about something like, hey, what, like help me out here. Like, what would you do? Or, um, hey, I, am, I, I need work. Can someone, you know, send me some stuff or I am too busy. Does somebody want this? Um, so just extending, extending yourself, being a nice human. With so many different social media avenues, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's Twitter, there's all these different things. How do you know which business should use what platform or do you suggest that they use them all? Because that's something that I, you know, I'll put something on Instagram and then I'll put something on Facebook and it's like, I, I don't even know. Like where yeah, do people start? You can't do it all unless you have a huge budget and a huge team. You just can't do it all. And so I always say, okay, where's your audience, right? Mm -hmm. I'm helping a company now that they have a, um, a tool for um, software developers. So developers are not on Facebook. These are like the most like cynical people, <laughs> like bless their hearts, right? I mean, um, but that's just like them by nature. So like, why would I have this company go on Facebook when developers aren't on Facebook? And same with Instagram. So wait, 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 where are developers? Where Twitter. Are they? Okay. Twitter. 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 Developers. Right? <laughs> and but hey, if I was working, you know, helping a photographer, like I would say, Instagram. Everyone wants beautiful pictures. Everyone wants the Insta fabulous life. Like, so know where your audience is and like don't justify well they could go on there as well like pick one lane stick to it until you have absolutely mastered it and then bridge out like don't it is, it is really hard to try to juggle all of them it, it, yeah i agree with you jen it's very difficult to know like which which one is the right one i you know so here's a good question so my husband just started to like we weren't doing any marketing for the insurance side of our world and then we started like we hired a firm and now we're like going for it and it's been like you know six eight weeks and he's like well i'm not seeing anything and i'm like okay well i think you gotta understand like you went from zero to like 500 really quick and like what's the life line of like once you put into place a marketing plan and it doesn't need to be a super robust one maybe it's just you know little drips how long does it take to typically turn that into money as you know a business yeah i think it all depends on who your audience is where you are what you're asking like what's the purpose of social media is social media just brand awareness and probably you're not going to get you know customers if if the whole purpose is brand awareness but if you have documented like the purpose for us to be on Facebook is to drive leads, right? Um, then you would say, okay, what am I doing to drive leads? Like, are you producing eBooks? Are you producing, you know, free consulting hour? Are you doing, you know, whatever that ask may be. So if you don't know your purpose and have one purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Don't be all things to all people um, because you won't see results. And it's not going to happen overnight. I always say run a three month pilot. If you take, your, your goal and your purpose, and you know your target audience, run that three month, see what your projection could be, 
understand, could you double down and will it grow? But if you look at most people on, you know, Instagram, all of the influencers, like it has taken them a long time to get to 20K or, or let's just use the 10K number for the whole swipe up thing. So it takes years. It probably will take some of them years to get there three years. And it's a grind. Like you got to be on it constantly. I mean, I just dropped this S by Samantha brand and it's like every single day and I'm doing it all myself. Cause I'm like trying to figure what works, but it's like, it's a constant grind because you need to be in front of people. And it's like, what platform is, you know, you know, how do you get viral? Like, it, it's, it's a lot to manage. Yeah. Um, and then you have this thing called algorithm that you have to appease. So you really have to be there on there every single day, liking and sharing not only your stuff, but other people's stuff. Yeah, there's those whole algorithms behind the scenes of, you know, the likes versus the comments versus the celebrate versus, the, you know, like, and what then drives more, tra- like, which one of those drives more traffic? Yeah. And, and it's, it's crazy. It's hard, it's hard to figure out behind the scenes. It's very, very hard. So, and then once you master it, I feel like then some new shit comes up and you're like, okay, now I got clubhouse. Now I got this. Now I got to go this direction. It's, yeah. It's I just, much. I always say to like, don't follow the shiny thing, right? Like it's either going to happen organically, um, or you're going to eventually evolve to the next thing. Cause you've stayed in your swim lane and you kind of know naturally where to go next. But like the worst thing that we can do from a marketing standpoint is chasing that shiny thing. Which we all want to do, right? Right? <laughs> of course. So as a, as a woman in business, and let's, you know, let's talk to our listeners that are women in business. What are the five like key marketing tactics that every woman-owned business needs to be doing to boost their brand, you know, in this 2021 world? What are like five, the top five that you can think of? Um, well, I think the number one most important thing is know your audience like know it so well and and not just like oh they're female and their demographic is that they have a college education like know everything about them in terms of your business um we often call these personas or jobs to be done um so know that know have have a purpose right and an objective right? And follow that to a T because you can very quickly start veering off into all these directions that you think that you want to do. So it's like, is it brand awareness? Do you want customers? Right. And normally it's a progression, like brand awareness comes first and then you have, then you have customers. I would also say, write everything down. I mean, I have this mantra that if it's not written down, it just does not exist. (laughs) You know, write it down. Um, communicate those goals um, that you have to people. That's a lot of about accountability that you have. Um, Don't chase the shiny thing, stick at it. This is why I always work kind of what I call my pilot programs. um, Consistency, right? Like just staying consistent with whatever it is, is better than jumping all over the place. And I think it's really important as well. I mean, I have this motto for my kids, like we don't wake up to give up, but then we also have to know like, okay, I'm not a failure if I step away because I just know it's not working, right? So Kenny Rogers says, know when to 
people and walk away, right? And I think that's <laughs> really important. Know when to fold them. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's really important guys, because I'll spare you. We we want to be our best, right? Like everything has to be like this instant fabulous, and nobody wants to fail. And you know, if you fail, like you're a loser. But you know, it's re- I think it's also really empowering to be like, you know what? This is just not working right now, and that's okay. And I'm good with that. I'm so confident with that. I'm not going to lose sleep over it and know that you can always come back to it. And learn from your mistakes. Cause we always say what, like these little challenges and lessons are what give our, us our tiger stripes, ladies. Like these are the <laughs> things that, you know what, you have to fail in business and life to be able to accelerate in my opinion. And I, you know, I, I teach that to my kids on a daily basis. Like it's okay to suck at something because then yeah. you can learn how to be better. Totally. I'm learning to play tennis. And so like, I think this is a great lesson for my kids because I'm like, I'm really not that good at it, but I'm still going to play. Right. And like, I lost a match and like, that's okay. Like I, I feel kind of bad. Like I don't like losing kids, but it's okay. Right. Like someone's got to win. Someone's got to lose. And maybe next time I'll win. Cause I'm working really hard at it. You know? So having those, having those moments, there's not uh, there's not fails there's just lessons just yeah. lessons or challenges as we like to call them. i like to call them just fuck ups and you know what it's okay because yeah. we all need them right uh i i'm you know had my fair share so it's, exactly. it's good stuff it's good stuff yeah we can't we can't uh fuck up and and not get better right it's uh, that's the bottom of the barrel uh, Michelle Urban, thank you so much for joining us here on Inspired. We are inspired and, and I picked up, you know, know my audience, don't burn bridges. It's, uh, it's all good stuff. And uh, you and your Marketing 261 business are inspiring to us. And we hope everyone out there in inspired listening podcast land finds something to be inspired with also. And, well, thank uh, you for having me. It's been such a pleasure and honor to be here chatting with all of you. Thank you. Everyone go out and be inspired.